0: These are the daily lectionary comments for November the 2nd. We're going to introduce Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, and Jeremiah's ministry. And then we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 23, where we have a couple of parables, each concerning a vineyard and the fruit. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 1. We are introduced to Jeremiah's ministry. Now, we've gone through the histories uh, of uh, of Israel from Genesis through the end of Deuteronomy so all the ministry from creation through the death of Moses we've been through Joshua and Judges and Samuel and Kings and we have observed the many judgments of the Lord the many apostasies of God's people the the many judges and kings that that uh, God has raised up those who were worth something those who were worth nothing. Um, we, we've seen the ongoing tug of war and struggle between God's people and God who is calling them to faithfulness. We are now uh, entering into a time where we're going to focus much more deeply on the, the terrible crisis called the captivity. The captivity uh, was one of the things that Moses had talked about ultimately what happened. Remember the song of Moses, he talked about the people would be scattered uh to uh to the nations but then god would take vengeance on the nations for what they would do to them uh and in many places in in uh in the law of moses the fact that the people would one day be faithless and be ejected from the land but then god would have pity on them and return them to land this was uh, several times prophesied by moses uh in the torah now we are getting to that point. We have watched uh, the degradation of of the people of Israel from the time of, of the David, the high point. Um, and then we have been through a whole string of terrible Kings. We've seen the Northern uh, tribes that were not faithful to the house of David swept away by the Assyrians. We've seen Judah invaded by Sennacherib and the Assyrians and Jerusalem surrounded and Hezekiah barely surviving with, there with Isaiah at his side. And then after that disaster passes, we have a series of additional not very faithful kings uh, and the continued apostasy of God's people. Um, Hezekiah was one of the great reform kings. And uh, after him, the, the, the other great re, uh, reform king was Josiah. Now, why I mention Josiah is because Josiah uh, was the reigning king when Jeremiah was called to office. So we find out from this chapter one that Jeremiah uh, uh, received uh, prophecies and words from the Lord, which he faithfully um, uh, reproduced and preached to God's people over the course of over 40 years. It began in about 628 BC during the reign of Josiah and continued even after uh, the captivity uh, and, and the people of God were, were dragged off, most of them, to, uh, to Babylon, although Jeremiah himself uh, was taken to Egypt at that time. Now, so what we're going to get as we go through Jeremiah, we are going to get a sampling of the way actual prophetic preaching was done as the disaster was building on the horizon. Remember, he, he preached for uh, probably 23 years or so before Bab- the Babylonians ever invaded, uh, and then another 20 years or so after the invasions began and, and the exiles began. So Jeremiah, uh, if, if there's one book that you want to read and study carefully, really to get a flavor for why the Lord was angry and how the Lord's prophets preached regarding the impending uh, uh, catastrophe, how the false prophets were preaching. There's a lot of that in Jeremiah as well, where he confronts false prophets. And you really get a sense for what, what the problems were. Now, Jeremiah's ministry was not a happy one. Um, uh, he, he lived, uh, uh, not only to see Josiah, uh, a great reformed king, uh, remember he's the one who found, or while he was, in, in, uh, reigning, uh, the book of the law was found in the temple while the temple was being remodeled and he made sure that, uh, uh, that it was, uh, disseminated and, and preached again and that Passover was celebrated again and all of that. Well. Well, Jeremiah would live to see Josiah die in battle as Josiah, in a very ill-conceived effort, uh, tried to intervene uh, against, um, uh, while Egypt was coming north, he tried to intervene uh, against the Egyptian armies as they were going up to fight against the, uh, uh, the Assyrians and Babylonians. Well, that was a disaster and he got killed. So Jeremiah saw that and lamented that. Uh, not too many years after that, uh, the degradation of Israel began, you know, continued to pace after Josiah's death. He saw the in, uh, first invasion in 605, the second invasion in 597 as the Babylonians swept in and began deporting ever larger numbers of people. And, and finally, the real catastrophe of 587, when uh, not only was there a third great um, uh, exile into captivity, but... The temple was destroyed at that time, wouldn't be rebuilt again uh, until until the period uh, recorded in uh, Ezra and Nehemiah. So, So, this was a disastrous time, and what was Jeremiah's message? Well, he would beg Judah, I mean, there's some highlights of his preaching, he would beg Judah not to seek. Refuge in alliances with foreign nations, but to trust in their God instead. Uh, 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 he, he begged them not to put uh, their trust in the idea that God will not allow the capture of Jerusalem or the destruction of the temple and, and to try to seek uh, uh, refuge uh, in, in the temple while continuing to be disobedient uh, to God. So the idea that God would not permit his people to go into exile was something that the false pre- prophets preached, but uh, not Jeremiah. Um, he, he, um, he also preached to them uh, not to listen to the false prophets who, after the exile began, reassured them that the exile would be a very short duration and the people would be returned uh, uh, briefly in all the implements of the temple as well. That's not going to happen. You're going to be there for 70 years. Uh, he said, in fact, his preaching was very dire, and he assured the people that because of their apostasy and because of their running after other gods, they would be taken into captivity in babylon and this uh to put it mildly was not a present a pleasant duty. uh Jeremiah was warned here you can read it in the first in the first chapter you can see. Um, that the Lord is warning him that he is going to receive much opposition, but not to fear these people because God is with him, and uh, and He will fortify Jeremiah because of His word, and that Jeremiah uh, was being called by the Lord. What does He say uh, in verse uh, ten? Uh, to uh, to pluck up and break down, to destroy and overthrow. And also to build and to plant. The Lord will be with him. This is very bad news. This is a very bad time to be a prophet. Uh, But uh, we're going to study the words of Jeremiah very carefully. And we're going to see how it is that Moses' prophecies and the apostasy of the people that we've been watching and following over all these many books is now uh, uh, going to be preached at the time of the disaster itself uh, through the words of Jeremiah. Yeah, we'll take a look at Matthew 21, beginning at verse 23. Just a couple of comments here. Uh, what's one thing that's interesting is it, often the case that uh, the reading from the Old Testament and the day's devotion in the New Testament uh, have little or nothing to do with one another. These aren't designed to go together, and yet there, there is a, a way in which they do very much go together. Um, Jeremiah's ministry was one of preaching and pending judgment that the people of God, it's about to happen to them as has been prophesied and as they have built up and earned for a very long time. They're going to be ejected from the land. The temple is going to be destroyed. But we see also that Jesus' ministry also had that as an aspect to it. Jesus uh, referred his disciples to look at the great buildings, the temple, and all of that. And Jesus is the one who said not one stone will be left upon another. Jesus is the one that warned that this generation is going to observe Jerusalem surrounded again uh, and the, the the terrible loss of life that will occur uh, at that time. Jesus is the one who is warning the people uh, that they are going to incur the great judgment of God because, as he put it, they did not uh, recognize the time of their visitation. That is, God himself came among his people in the form of Jesus himself, but they did not recognize that. He tells two uh, interesting Uh, uh, little parables here, the one of the two sons, and uh, and this involves a a vineyard and the two sons, the father asks the first son, you know, will you go out and work in the vineyard? And he says no, but then later repents of that and goes out and works. And the other one says, I will, sir, but he doesn't go. And it's very clear that the one who repents ultimately does labor in the vineyard and produce fruit. The other one who says all the right things but doesn't actually go produces no fruit. Now, compare that to when Jesus cursed, this was just in yesterday's reading, um, how Jesus cursed the fig tree, the fig tree uh, that had lots of leaves, but no fruit. So here we have this second son who says, I will, sir, produces lots of leaves, says all the right things, but produces no fruit. So the, the end of that is, uh, is now described in the parable of the tenants. Again, a vineyard. This time the vineyard is rented out to tenants who are supposed to be paying uh, a portion of, of their yield Uh, to the owner of the, uh, of the property as their rent. This is, you know, like a sharecropping kind of a thing, but they refuse to pay. And, uh, and so in the end, the idea is, you know, Jesus says, well, what, what will the owner do to these people? And they actually kill the owner's son when he comes to try to persuade them, uh, you know, to, 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 to pay and do the right thing. And they kill the son in order to take the land. And Jesus says, well, what will he do? I mean, he will, he will destroy those wretches is what he's going to do. Uh, he's going to take uh, their uh, uh, the, their uh, vineyard away from them. And, and that's why uh, Jesus closes uh, this particular uh, parable. He says, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. So the vineyard is going to be taken away from those who are not bearing fruit. And it's going to be given to a people that will bear fruit. And the people that will bear the fruit are the people of the Christ, who will actually himself, uh, as the owner of the vineyard, uh, will will uh, be at work among the people in order to make sure that God's people will no longer be a fig tree not bearing figs, uh, will no longer be all talk and no deeds. So uh, these two parables go together. Again, they both talk about vineyard. They both talk about bearing fruit. And they, they both talk about whether you are or whether you're not. We compare those uh, to the fig tree that did not bear fruit and how it was withered and you get a, a real a message of impending judgment that Jesus is giving to the people of God of course he's about to be crucified uh, and, uh, and and this will form a transition from the old testament people of God to the new covenant people of God